0: If you're ever in a serious car accident, have you ever been in any situation where people are killed? It's, of course, it's, it stays with you. You learn bitter lessons. I mean, people, you learn that people want to believe bad things, that it's more fun to believe that evil people went off and did this bad thing than there was an accident. And then our legal system is set up so you have to find fault. Someone was at fault because something happened. And they'll make shit up. I mean, that's the other thing that's interesting. I mean, so much about the Twilight Zone is un- that's been written about and everything is untrue actually it took almost six years to find out what happened in the twilight zone accident that was that was interesting because nobody really understood what the hell happened but in terms of the twilight zone that was absolutely terrifying and horrendous thing yeah I, i think about it all the time you know it's uh it's it's terrible
1: Making movies is a dangerous business. There are so many things that can go wrong on set, everything from cameras not working to well-timed stunts not going as planned. And throughout cinema history, some of those who make films have been hurt, maimed, or even killed. On today's morbid episode of Slums of Film History, we'll be focusing on those films where someone met their unfortunate demise. We'll discuss whether or not these fatalities brought about change, or if the show simply went on. Today we're dead on set, here on Slums of Film History.
0: This is Slums of Film History, a lowbrow look into the high art of cinema. Every episode is an in-depth look into a niche topic
1: of film that is not normally discussed in polite Company. I'm Slate. And I'm Tom. And each week, one of us researches our respective topic, writes an episode, and then schools the other. We discuss everything from Satanists to avenging hookers to castration. If there's a film subject too taboo, we haven't found it yet. Welcome. Hey, Slate. Hi, Tom. How's it going?
0: I'm good. How are you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm excited. All right, so this is the second to the last
1: episode of season yep. two. Yep, the right. penultimate episode, whatever that means. Yeah. But yeah, this is the second to the last episode, and then we'll have one more, and then it's the end of the season. So. And that's it. Then we're
0: going to take a little break.
1: Yeah and then when did we decide December yeah probably I think December. It's fir-
0: I think we decided the beginning of December will be season three that seems about right yeah so. so that'll give us a couple months to kind of get everything back in order figure out what episodes we're gonna do with the shit loads of research <laughs> it takes us to be able to yeah, these, write yeah. these so we'll see um, yeah so, but it's been, a, it's been a fun season I think
1: it's been a fun season we set it up a little bit better so it wouldn't be so stressful even though that didn't really help me much I was still stressed out doing a lot of well work got crazy for me so anyway I'm still writing my last episode and we're recording it in an hour right so, like right now yeah. he's writing it well
0: yeah. it's there'll never be enough time
1: no no it's never enough time but anyway yeah I've enjoyed the season I think we've got some pretty good topics so I'm yeah, glad me too. I, I never thought we'd make it to season two and here we are almost finished but... alright I'm pumped for this one yeah yeah this one is uh, well as I said it's pr- a pretty fucking morbid topic but I think it's an important one and it's probably even a little highbrow for us I mean yeah we talk about some morbid shit but I mean this is something that really affects the film industry and a lot of the movies that I'll talk about today I mean you know there's some famous people that that died or yeah you know, some terrible things that happened. I'll make fun of their deaths so that will oh no um, I know you knock will.
0: it down into lowbrow territory yeah
1: yeah we'll, we'll make it work yeah yeah so I have no problems with that Okay, so before we start on this one, I like to do what I always do, which is I want to set some parameters of what I'm going to be discussing. Sure. So, one is that I'm trying to focus mostly on actors who dine on set. But there are plenty of other film-related personnel, like stuntmen, technicians, and even animals that get mentioned as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason for those mostly is because of uh, they tie into the industry changes that occurred because of their deaths. Sure, makes so sense. that's why I wanted to touch on those. Also, I tried to only include those deaths that were a direct result of an incident on the set, and not something where an actor had a random heart attack and died while filming. Yeah, we don't care. Yeah, nobody cares. And like an example of that, uh, actor comedian Red Fox died on the set of a TV show called The Royal Family. This mm-hmm. was back in '91 but he had a heart attack that was totally unrelated to shooting yeah right so uh, just Man. to give you an example I'm not talking about shit like yeah. that This boring right the, yeah. working on this movie is what killed these people yeah, is unless what I'm talking you about. didn't die spectacularly Right. that's not right. a thing yeah because you signed on this film is why you're dead right that's what I'm talking okay. about okay that's, that's good yeah so, just to give you the box that I'm playing in here so as I said, I told you it was gonna be pretty morbid. Anyway, let's get started. Okay, so the first instance that I could find of where somebody died on set was a movie called The Skyway Man from 1920. Okay. All right, And it's a lost film, silent film, and it was directed by a guy named James P. Hogan. And the film stars a a stunt pilot named Omar Locklear Mm -hmm. and an actress named Louise Lovely. She's lovely. Oh, that's nice. What happened was pilots Milton Elliott and Omar Locklear, as I said, were killed on 2 August 1920 during filming. Their plane crashed uh, in Los Angeles near Wilshire Boulevard while filming night scenes, they were trying to do some night shoots in their sure, plane sure. crash. So I uh, bring this up. Um, there were no changes, obviously, to the industry, because the industry was new, but this was the first instance I could find. So okay. this was where someone was filming. In a plane crash. In a plane crash, oh, yeah. yeah. So I know was crazy. But the thing that, to note is the film had completed filming, and they released it. Mm-hmm. And I think it did pretty well. But again, this is a lost film. So... No one can watch it now. The next film I could find was a movie called The Warrens of Virginia. This was from 1924. Mm -hmm. What happened was on November 29th, 1923 while working on location in San Antonio, Texas actress Martha Mansfield was severely burned and she ultimately died from it when a match was tossed by another cast member after they lit their cigarette or whatever they threw it in a car she was sitting in for some Uh reason it caught her costume on fire oh shit and the whole car went up and she her clothing burst into flames and she was burned severely and she like died the next day that's horrible the the movie was a period drama from the Civil War so she had this big Big, flowy Civil War and, and that shit was flammable as hell. And wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, just to point out, I think she's the first major actress, because she was a big deal uh, at the time mm-hmm. in movies. Uh, she's the first major actress I could find that died while making a movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. All right. So the next one, and I know you've heard of this movie, was Ben-Hur from 1925. Mm -hmm. And the way that this came about, it was during the chariot race scene. So Louis B. Mayer, who was the the head of MGM, was disappointed by the original chariot race scene. Okay. He was like, eh, it's not, it's too tame or whatever. So we offered a prize of 100 bucks, I guess, to who could be the most reckless. Mm -hmm. And somebody was reckless enough to die. And supposedly it's in the final scene or whatever. As a result, this is a movie that changed some of the safety rules on film sets. I don't have exactly what changes were made, but clearly you can't just bring in people and offer them cash to do dumb right, shit. sure. So yeah, this is like the Jackass stuff, yeah. of 1925 or something. Right. But yeah, the good thing to note is, so Ben-Hur was made three times into a movie so far. So originally it was 1907... I don't know anything about that one. This one, the 1925, and then the n- one in 1963, Three, I, think. I think it's 1963. Yeah. But and like that one. that was the one that had Charlton Heston in it, and that had an amazing chariot race scene, too. Yeah, yeah. And actually, a guy almost died in that one, but huh. he got hurt, but he didn't die. Yeah. So anyway, so someone died in this one. Well, then he's nothing to us. <laughs> you don't mean anything to this podcast. you're not dead, you're nothing. All right, moving on. Hmm? So the next movie is a movie called Noah's Ark from 1928. And during the filming of the climatic great flood scene, there was a huge amount of water that was used. I think it was over 600,000 gallons of water. And in that scene, three extras ended up drowning. One extra had an injury that was so bad on his leg that his leg needed to be amputated. I don't know. And then a number of people suffered broken limbs and other serious injuries. What happened was they had these extras in the water in this like floating tank or whatever, and they Mm -hmm. just kept dumping water on them and filming it, and it fucked them all up. This also brought out a bunch of changes in filming. One, that you can't just fuck with extras like that. Right, sure. One interesting note is that one of the extras that were hurt was a young John Wayne. Really? Yeah, so John Wayne got hurt on this film set. Okay, so the next movie, though, I know you've heard of. This one's called Hell's Angels. Yeah, yeah. And actually, three pilots were killed during the filming of this movie. And one of the crashes here, it was a pilot named Al Wilson, and he was flying a, it was like a German plane or whatever. And on 22 March 1929, he was doing a spin-out scene. If you remember that film, and I actually watched it for my Profanity podcast, Mm -hmm. there is a bunch of scenes where the pilots take the plane into a death spiral. Yeah, yeah and they have the camera in the cockpit and it's showing them and it's like a really fucking crazy scene. Yeah, like yeah. They just, yeah. So, it was a really impressive movie back in the time, but it's still pretty good now. Yeah, those stunts are no joke. Yeah. And unfortunately, this guy, Al Wilson, he wasn't able to pull out of one of those and it crashed. And they use a little bit of that death spiral in the movie. Mm-hmm. Clearly, they don't use the crash. Right. But yeah, so Hell's Angels had a lot of uh, some pilots that died on that.
0: Hell's Angels. When Hell's Angels opened in 1930. It was acclaimed as one of the greatest films in the history of motion pictures up to that time, and no wonder. It took two and a half years to shoot, cost $4 million, used 87 planes, and 137 pilots in aerial combat so real it took the lives of three pilots.
1: Yeah, the next movie I'm talking about is Such Men Are Dangerous from 1930. And it's another flying movie. What happened on this one is during an aerial filming off the coast of Southern California, two Stinson Detroiter aircraft, these like biplanes or whatever, they were used as camera planes. They collided over the ocean. All 10 men on board the the planes were killed. Oh shit. Yeah, so 10 people died right there, including director Kenneth Hawks, who was brother of Howard Hawks who, if you remember, he was the one that directed the thing from another world. Yeah, yeah. Families of the men who were lost uh, took legal action against the Fox Film Company, but unfortunately the courts ruled in favor of the studio. Oh, really? Yeah. So I bring up that film of course, it's another aerial stunt death film, but also 10 people died in one fell swoop, which yep. I think was the top number at the time of deaths. But just one year later, they upped the ante even really? more. It's crazy. Yeah, there's a movie called The Viking and after it was completing filming in Canada, the producer and co-director uh, decided that they needed more footage. Mm -hmm. They wanted to get more ice flows and stuff on camera. They took a small film crew on the real ship, the Viking. It was on a seal hunting voyage, and they accompanied everybody on there to get the footage that they wanted. Sure, like B-roll. Yeah, yeah. So on March 15th, the ship became trapped in ice near the Horse Isles, which is way the fuck up there. They had dynamite stored on board that was intended to like break up some of the ice, mm-hmm. and it accidentally detonated and destroyed the vessel and killed all 27 men aboard. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, and as it turn out, it's still not the, the max number. Really? We're yeah, it's fucked up. But I think that held the record up until much later. That I'll talk about anyway. Okay, so the next movie I'm talking about, and so I'm kind of giving you some of these examples, but I'm also trying to hit on the ones that really had some change. Sure. And that's what this next one does. All right, this movie's called The Charge of the Light Brigade from 1936. Mm-hmm. During the filming of the charge sequences, this big charge where they're running into cannons and things like that. A stuntman was killed when he fell off his horse and he landed on a broken sword mm-hmm. that was lying up. Oops. And also like three dozen horses ended up having to be killed on this thing. They were injured and killed. No. Oh. The way they were filming this movie, I mean, they're doing the charge... And they had like, you know, bombs and stuff going off or whatever. They would use trip wires to trip the horses to mm-hmm. make it look like they were being knocked down. Oh, uh, sure. And it, they would break their legs. People would get, you know, the horses would land on people. huh. It was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I watched this, and I have the link I'll put on the site. It's an impressive sequence, but fucked up when you know how they did it. I mean, right. the people are getting slammed. These horses are flipping. I mean, this, yeah. It's, wow. it's pretty fucked up. Mm-hmm. Well, this movie starred Errol Flynn. Oh, yeah. And he was an accomplished horseman. And, of course, he's riding a horse and everything on there. But when all this happened and all these horses had to be put down, he, like, got really pissed to a point where actually the director, Michael Curtis, is his name, Errol Flynn, like, was going to kick his ass. Oh, wow. Like, they got into a fight. But because of this charge sequence, because all these animals had to be put down and the injuries that were sustained on set, U.S. Congress passed laws that protected animals using motion pictures. So this is the first time that they had actually passed a law to protect animals, which is a good thing, but it right. took 36 horses dying and people getting killed sure. to do it.
0: So that, so you're saying that's the origin of no animals were harmed during the filming of this? No,
1: that's actually not where that came from, okay. but this is the first time they, they really started protecting animals. And one of the things the ASPCA did was they banned tripwires from films and its guidelines. So they actually set guidelines of how... How you're supposed to use animals in mm-hmm. movies. I want a side note on this. Unlike the rest of Flynn's blockbuster films, because you know they re-released them or whatever, because of the tripwires and all the deaths of the horses involved, this film was never re-released by Warner Brothers. Oh, really? They yeah, were so. like, "Fuck this." Yeah. yeah, they're like, "Yeah, we're not gonna, we're not right, gonna put sure. this out." Yeah. yeah. It's languishing in a vault with Song of the South or whatever. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you bring up the, the animals harmed thing. The next movie is the one that dealt with that. It was called Jesse James. That was from 1939. And a horse was killed during a scene where it was ridden off a cliff into a river. there's a stuntman who was riding the horse. All he did was like lose his hat. But the horse like broke its back and died. Aw. And of course spurred by public outcry, the AHA, the American Humane Society, opened an office. I thought you were going to say the American Horse Society. That, yeah, the The American Horse Association, (laughs) close enough, the American Humane Association, Uh opened up a Hollywood office in 1940 and through an agreement with the Screen Actors Guild and the Motion Picture Producers and Distributors Association, of course, now the MPAA. We talked about that before. They were granted the authority to monitor all animal action on movie sets. So that was the movie of where they actually have somebody on there making sure that you don't kill a horse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So like I said, they developed filmmaking guidelines. They always had a person on set. I mean, it was an agreement, so it wasn't like the film couldn't get made if they didn't have anybody on set, but they wouldn't get the no animals were harmed in the making this movie unless they got that on there. It's like a seal of approval. Basically, yeah. yeah. But what's... What's kind of messed up about that is some movies have used the no animals were harmed thing, even when that wasn't the case, even when they didn't earn the permission from the AHA. Right, sure. Yeah, they probably didn't patent it, so... On the occurrences that this happens, the AHA actually sends studios and distributors um, that are connected to these productions a cease and desist letter that demands the unauthorized disclaimers to be removed from the theatrical and DVD releases of the movies. Hmm. So they send them something. If they still say, go fuck yourself and don't do it, well, there's another way to combat the unauthorized use. And what they do, what the AHA does, is they put the disclaimer of all the productions that they actually approve or whatever the rating was on their website and they actually okay. have a system of rating for how animals are treated on movie sets oh really alright so the next film I want to talk about is a movie called My Life for Ireland from 1941 mm-hmm. I bring this up because it's fascinating it's an anti-British Nazi propaganda film and there's a scene during the epic final battle scene that several extras were killed when one of them stepped on a live landmine
0: mm-hmm. oh shit yeah
1: the footage is said to have been included in the release prints though no proof of this has ever been established and I put this in here because it's a Nazi propaganda film and you know fuck them right yeah alright so this next one I had to include now this is slightly different than my other films that I talk about and that as I I mentioned my parameters where somebody died on set. Mm-hmm. But this is a little different. You'll see why. The next film I'm talking about is a movie called The Conqueror from 1956. Okay. It is an American epic film directed by Dick Powell. And it stars John Wayne as fucking Genghis Khan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So white guy as an Asian. <laughs> of course. Conqueror. Co-stars Susan Hayward and Agnes Moorhead. And it was produced by Howard Hughes. And as I said, during production, nobody's harmed in the making of this film. Mm-hmm. So why do I bring it up? Well, it turned out that the film exterior scenes were shot on location near St. George, Utah, because it had a similar look to Mongolia. This, mm-hmm. You know, where it's supposed to take place, of course. Mon- okay. Yeah. I've never
0: been to Utah nor Mongolia. So no, so but supposedly mind.
1: the landscape was very similar, mm-hmm. or enough to film. Unfortunately, it was about 137 miles downwind of the United States government's Nevada test site, an extensive above-ground nuclear weapons testing site.
0: Oh, shit. Yeah
1: and there had been some extensive testing done there just a few years prior like 1953 or whatever and now granted let me just caveat this by saying there's been controversy surrounding whether or not filming here actually contributed all these deaths sure but i'm gonna read you the deaths and you tell me okay so director dick powell died of cancer in january 1963. Pedro Armadirez, who was also in the movie, was diagnosed with kidney cancer in 1960. Mm -hmm. He committed suicide in 1963 after he learned he was terminal. Susan Hayward, John Wayne, and Agnes Moorhead all died of cancer in the 70s cast member John Hoyt died of lung cancer in 1991 and of a cast and crew of 220 people by 1981 91 of them had developed some form of cancer and 46 had died of the disease Jesus several of John Wayne's and Susan Hayward's relatives also had cancer scares when they had visited the set Michael Wayne developed skin cancer his brother Patrick Wayne had a benign tumor removed and Hayward's son had a benign tumor removed from his mouth Uh, I don't know you know yeah but okay cancer runs in families but it can yeah. yeah but damn so again, it's not clear, however, that the cancer rate of this film crew was significantly higher than general population. However, it fucked with Howard Hughes pretty bad. Yeah. And as it turned out, Hughes bought every print of this film for $12 million and kept it out of circulation for many years until Universal Pictures purchased it from his estate in 79. Mm-hmm. So it's been said that this movie, The Conqueror, and along with Ice Station Zebra, it's said to be one of the films that Hughes watched endlessly during his last years when he's fucking crazy. When he's crazy and yeah. putting pee in jars, yeah. Another sad footnote to this film is that it was a critical and commercial flop, and was considered one of the 50 worst films of all time. Mm. And it gave everyone cancer. And also had John Wayne playing an Asian man. What the fuck? Yeah, that's kind of... Probably shouldn't have have done that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they didn't die on set, but that's fucked up. And I'm surprised they didn't send any type of location rules, but I didn't find anything, so I don't know if it actually changed. Like, hey, make sure you don't fucking film near nuclear testing sites. Right, sure, sure. Note to location
0: managers. (laughs) (laughs) don't
1: do not film on on nuclear nuclear testing testing sites yet so so my chernobyl shoot i think i'll have to cancel that yeah
0: i guess so fuck
1: so some of these I'm going to go through, they're just, they're interesting to me. So I'm just going to kind of breeze a few that aren't really standouts, but you might have heard of them. All right. So the next one is a movie called Lieutenant Robin Caruso, USN okay. from 1965. Robinson Caruso? I think it's supposed to be a take on that. Uh-huh. And it's cameraman Robert King Baggett was killed during filming when, when a huge wave hit his boat and Baggett. watched the <laughs> I, I, I read that so you'd enjoy it. The next one is a movie called High Jungle from 66. Mm-hmm. And on September 28, 1966, Rawhide star... Eric, you remember Rawhide TV show? Mm-hmm. Rawhide. 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 Right, I mean, Ra- okay. The star from that show, Eric Fleming, he was filming in Peru. During the final stage of this shooting, his uh, canoe overturned, and he basically got swept downriver, and he died. So his body, of course, was found three days later. Gross. So the next thing, I bring this up because this, you know, might be something that you're familiar with. This was a Pontiac commercial in 1967. Hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what happened was cameraman Rafael John Esposito and actress Brenda Lee Meisenheimer were killed in Thousand Oaks, California when a camera boom suspended from an oncoming camera car crashed through the windshield out of their car and I guess killed them. Oh shit! So they were filming a Pontiac commercial. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't mean i remember it that i was around
0: but i remember it in advertising history since i work in advertising oh really they yeah. taught
1: this and yeah. they're like don't kill your actors
0: kind of i mean it was more of a, well i think we talk about it a little bit later don't we
1: oh yeah i mean we talk about some more stuff okay. yeah but but that's no, okay but uh yeah first commercial on here there's a couple others and we'll talk about there. some tv shows coming up too mm-hmm. but the next one is a movie called shark exclamation <laughs> point i'm about to talk about that in my next episode okay <laughs> well then see synergy we're tying it all yep. together Go ahead. Okay. I'm stealing your thunder. I don't care.
0: Oh, I'll t- I can tell you what happened.
1: Okay. Well, tell me what happened. Okay.
0: So it was a trauma movie. And it was, it was, it was produced by Troma. In 1969? Yeah. And Samuel Fuller was the director. Okay. And they what had- Trauma. St- it was Troma. Yeah. I looked it up. I thought it was weird too.
1: I didn't know that you were around then. All they right. We're fine. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It. All right. Go for I it. I looked it
0: up. So Samuel Fuller was directing the movie. Uh, correct. Yeah. It was uh, an adventure movie mm-hmm. about a, a gunslinger. And it had a kind of like underwater, you know, treasure plot. And an extra was down there. There was supposed to be a shark scene. They had allegedly sedated all the sharks. Yes, correct. But they must not have sedated one or they did it wrong or something like that. And the shark attacked and ate a, an extra. Right. And they went ahead and they filmed the rest of the movie. They they did it. But then Troma actually used that publicity for the movie. Yeah. They renamed it shark. It was supposed to be titled kane after the they, main character's name right yeah. and they retitled it shark exclamation point and recut it into basically a shark movie and yeah. they're like and the guy died yeah and yeah. then
1: sam fuller i think pulled his name it, off yeah. of it and he was like that's bullshit that you're gonna exploit somebody's death right yeah burt reynolds played kane in the movie burt reynolds so yeah yeah, it yeah. It. but, but mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah good job yeah thanks we're talking about it next week yeah so. we will mm-hmm. yep shark And as another companion piece to that, the next movie that I found was a movie called The Last Lion from 1972. Okay. I don't know anything about this movie. All I know is that a sound technician named James Chapman was mauled to death by a lion during the filming of this movie. Oops. So, apparently, if you're going to name your movie after the creature in it, somebody's probably going to die from that creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, lion and rule. shark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, just be aware of that. Going mm-hmm. for it. Next one I got here is one called, and this this is kind of a weird, interesting one. It's called Comes a Horseman from 1978. And there's a scene where actor Jason. It's called Rob- Comes a Horseman? Comes a Horseman. We <laughs> didn't talk about that one in. I uh, didn't talk about in my bodily fluids. Yeah, I did not talk okay. about Comes a Horseman, but yep. Comes a Horseman. <laughs> Place joke here. So, they were filming a scene where Jason Robard's character was supposed to be dragged to death, and his stunt double, Jim Shepard, was actually killed when that horse was dragging him, and it veered off course, and he, like, hit a fucking fence post. Oops. And they actually kept that scene in the film up until the point where he hit the uh-huh. fence post. So. Wow. so, So, yeah. Next thing I got, speaking of TV shows, is somebody died on the Dukes of Hazzard. Really? Yeah. So, the Dukes of Hazzard in 1980. Was it Boss Hogg? <laughs> no, it was Roscoe. Was it Roscoe Pickle Train? Right. Ros- yeah. It was an assisted cameraman, and he was killed and eight other crew members were injured when their camera truck flipped when they were rehearsing a chase scene. So cameraman was killed. And then also that same year, 1980, a person working on Magnum P.I. was killed. It was cameraman Rob Van Der Kar. And he was killed in a helicopter crash while filming the episodes. So they were doing a helicopter scene. So that's pretty fucked up. The next thing I got is World War III, a movie called World War III from 1982. It was a made-for-TV movie, and it was uh, director Boris Segal, who was also the father of Katie Segal from Married with Children and Sons of oh, yeah. Anarchy. It was her father. Uh, he was fatally injured when his skull was fractured because he walked into the rotor blade of a fucking helicopter. Whoops. Oh, I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, that's that's,
0: that's a big one.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. You walk into a fucking blade. And actually, it's So Ty, did he just go everywhere? I, I His head did. Yeah. But... That ties into our next one, which is a big one. Uh-huh. Can you guess what it is? What year are we in? 82? We're we in 82. So what would be the next one? I don't know. Twilight Zone, the movie from 1983. Um, yeah, yeah. So this movie was a big damn deal, obviously. On 23 July 1982, actor Vic Morrow and two child actors, Renee Shin Yee and Mika... Mika or Mika Denley... Were killed by a helicopter during production what happened was vic morrow was pulling these two children along through this like water and the helicopter was hovering above them and pyrotechnics were going off when the pyrotechnics were too close to the helicopter it fell into the water and well, it decapitated two of them Ugh, vic God. morrow and then crushed the other kid to death and those i mean you could see it on that you know it's not that graphic i mean mm-hmm. it's kind of graphic but you could see that it's filmed they yeah it. Shit. and just to go into some detail here so twilight zone the movie it was a steven spielberg produced anthology movie and it came out right around the time when anthology movies were big there was a lot of like creep show and all that was coming yeah, out yeah. so there were four different segments to the movie and one of them was directed by a different popular director at the time one was John Landis one was directed by Spielberg one was by Joe Dante and then you know one was directed by fucking George Miller of Mad Max fame Oh really Yeah
0: which one did he do
1: He did the one about the airplane
0: Oh yeah the terror at 10 50,000 yeah, feet one. up or whatever yeah Yeah, that was mm-hmm. a good one Yeah
1: So the segment that this happened was a segment called Time Out and it was the one that was directed by John Landis, Mm -hmm. and as I mentioned, they were filming a a night helicopter scene. There was a lot of pyrotechnics going off. One was too close to the helicopter; it crashed. But they had violated a lot of fucking rules on this set Mm -hmm. already. For one, the two child actors were hired in violation of California law, which prohibits child actors from working at night or in proximity of explosions, which they violated. Both of these, yeah, that's a big one, and also requires the presence of a teacher or social worker, which was also not there. During the subsequent trial, the illegality of the children's hiring was admitted by the defense, and Landis admitted culpability for that. But he didn't admit culpability for the accident. He just said their hiring was quote-unquote wrong. As you can imagine, this accident led to legal action against the filmmakers, which lasted like almost a decade. Yeah, I bet. It also changed regulations involving children working on movie sets at night and during special effects heavy scenes. Hollywood, I think, avoided helicopter-related stunts for a few years after this. And of course, with CGI in the 90s, they preferred to use that kind of stuff. More so than actual helicopter. Mm-hmm. I imagine the use of drones is looking a little drone, more. It's everything.
0: Like every yeah. time you see a helicopter shot now, it's a drone shot.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the insurance and everything. And it's else. a lot cheaper. Yeah. 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 As a result of this accident, also one second assistant director had his name removed from the credits and replaced with Alan Smithy, which of course is a standard mm-hmm. when I don't want my name attached to this picture, kind of thing. And also supposedly ended the friendship between Landis and Spielberg. Spielberg was already pissed off before the accident because uh, Landis had violated many codes, including using live ammo in the set oh really so he just like said fuck it a helicopter
0: crash near magic mountain today brought tragedy to the set of the steven spielberg movie the twilight zone actor vic morrow and two small children were killed when the chopper came down as they were shooting a war scene the scene called for a nighttime bombing of a vietnamese village in which actor vic morrow was supposed to pick up two vietnamese children and run across the santa clara riverbed the crash tore the rotor blade from the chopper, killing Moro, six-year-old Renee Shin Chen of Pasadena, and seven-year-old Micah Din Lee of Cerritos. There were six persons in the helicopter when it crashed, including Director John Landis of Animal House Fame.
1: Okay, talking about changes, I think one of the biggest changes that happened that came directly from Twilight Zone was the rise of risk management. Like, so there was a lot of risk management consultants that were hired by movie studios from then on out. Sure. There's an individual that I'm quoting from an article, his name's Chris Palmer, who said, yeah, Twilight Zone basically created his job. This guy had worked on shoots like Titanic and Speed 2 and all those other action movies and stuff. And he said that you know before and after Twilight Zone, there was a sea change. Obviously, people didn't want to go to fucking jail, go to court, or have unsafe movie sets. So right. they would hire these consultants that would come in even before principal photography begins, and they would check out the location. They sure. basically were troubleshooters.
0: Right. Well, also, I mean, the studios are putting up, especially when you're talking about big movies like Speed 2 and, and Titanic, I mean, these are a hundred million dollar movies. So the studio doesn't, isn't going to want to put up, you know, 150 million dollars for a movie. Right. If when something happens, the entire thing has to be shut down, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that these folks do, too, that the consultants do, is they also play sort of a mediator role. In other words, if I'm a cast member or crew member, kind of low on the totem pole, I'm worried about my career, but I feel like I'm unsafe, they kind of help whistleblowers. In other words, sure. if, I'm, if I'm working on a set, I'm, I'm a key grip or some shit, hey, I think this is unsafe. I can tell this person. And, you know, they can't be fired by a director or producer. The studio hires these guys. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're out of the chain of command, so to speak, on a movie Got side. It.
0: Got it. They're a consultant.
1: They're a consultant. Yeah. They can't be fired by anybody who's on production there and they can be sort of an ear to someone who feels like they're being unsafe, so they Got can help it. mitigate that yeah. threat. That guy's job at least helps with the safety. That's good. So even with having these consultants on, on set, you think it would mitigate that kind of threat, but as it turns out, there's a case I'll bring up later on that the same thing happened, and this is 30 years later. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. I will say this though, after the Twilight Zone, accidents were down about 70% in the following four years after that movie, so people started taking safety very seriously, sure, yeah. and accidents were dropped significantly. But there were some more. One was a TV show called Cover Up. I don't know if you remember this show. Mm -hmm. So the actor, the main, the star of this show, his name is John Eric Hexham. And I guess when they were waiting for filming to resume, they are on set. He, for some fucking reason, picks up this forty-four Magnum that's loaded with blanks. Mm -hmm. And he's fucking around with it. He decides to play Russian roulette with it. Mm -hmm. And he shoots it, and it blasts. and There's nothing in it, but the blast and whatever cracked his skull, shattered his skull. Uh And he died from it. Dummy. Yeah. What the fuck were you doing? (laughs) I don't know why they had firearms that's laying around the set either. Usually they don't though. I mean, I feel like they have a gun wrangler just yeah, to have everything else. Yeah. But anyway, they left one around and this dumbass hmm. stuck it against his head and shot himself. On Rambo First Blood part two this is my next example. That's from 85. During filming in Mexico, an FX man was killed by one of the explosions. Okay. And then my next one, you're going to be surprised by Top Gun 1986. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> On September 16, 1985, acrobatic pilot Art Scholl crashes airplane while trying to do like a stunt. Mm-hmm. He was a renowned pilot and he'd done you know a bunch of camera work or whatever. And he was hired to do in-flight camera work for the film. So he's supposed to do like a flat spin, but he was trying to do it and film it. The last radio signal they got from this guy was, "I have a problem. I have a real problem." I guess he couldn't pull out of the spin when mm-hmm. he's filming it, and then he's unable to cover. And he crashed in the ocean, but they never found the aircraft at all. They never found the foot really? film or nothing or him. Mm-mm. Wow! I think they might have found some pieces or something, but you know, yeah. So the guy was lost filming Top Gun. Okay. Same year, the Wraith. Do you remember this movie, the Charlie Sheen revenge movie with the cool car? As the Wraith? The Wraith. The Wraith. Wraith. Spell that. W r a t h. W r a i t h. Sorry. Wraith. Okay. Wraith, yes. I don't know even. A wraith without. is like a ghost or a spirit or. Uh, I didn't some, even know what that okay. word meant. Yeah.
0: So I just thought you were saying
1: wrath wrong. But yeah, no, you know how to say wrath. I do know how to say. Got it. And biopic. Uh huh. Well, I've learned something today. Okay. So Charlie Sheen revenge movie with a cool car. During the filming of a car chase in Arizona, an assistant cameraman was killed when his overloaded camera car crashed in a mountain road. Crazy shit. Okay. So this is an interesting one, slightly. The next one was Braddock Mission in Action 3.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So on location in the Philippines, a helicopter hired by the Cannon Group. Oh, we'll Cannon, yeah. yeah. Crashed in Manila Bay, killed four Filipino soldiers who were working, and then wounded five other people on the ground oddly enough and this is why I bring this up this helicopter accident occurred the same day the not guilty Twilight Zone verdict came down
0: oh really yeah so
1: John Landis and all those folks were found not guilty for the the accident Missing Action 3 actually turned out to be a bomb and it was the last of the Canon Group's films that was their last movie oh, that wow. they made yeah and just for a slight aside here there's a great documentary and I know we've talked about it of Canon Films on Netflix called Electric Boogaloo The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films and it's, it's worth checking out so good it's 100 100 really, really favorite good favorite documentaries yeah so. it's excellent Couple other things here. Gone in sixty seconds too, because there was an original one, I guess, back from the seventies or mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. This they were going to make a sequel, in 89, But the director was killed in Buffalo, New York, when a water tower he's planning to topple fell and killed him. Right. Really? Well, it fell, hit a pole, and the pole killed him. So the director was trying to died before they could ever make this movie. So it was unfinished.
0: Death by pole.
1: Then they remade it with Nick Cage for few years later. Remember Gone in sixty seconds? Yeah, oh, yeah, it sucked. Oh, this is the one I was talking about. So I yeah, remember how many people I said twenty seven had died. Hmm. Okay, so this isn't an American movie, but I had to bring it up. So this movie is called The Sword of Tipu Sultan. Okay. I probably said it wrong, but, you know, I always do that. And this is from 1989. And it's a historical Indian drama that's about the portrayal of the life and times of Tipu Sultan. He was a ruler of Missouri or Missouri. I don't know how to fucking pronounce shit. mm mm-hmm. Anyway, he was a famous ruler in India, I suppose. And I include it because this had the largest onset deaths in film history. And it took place during the filming of this TV movie, actually. So it took place during that filming. A total of 62 extras and crew members died when a fire broke out and they were trapped inside the burning film studio. Oh,
0: my God. It's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's terrible. As far as I know, that's the largest Ugh, it's fucking awful. Upsetting, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty upsetting, but it has the record... Mm -hmm. All right, so I've kind of made it to the 90s now, and the next one, I don't know, you'll find this darkly funny. This is bad. So, this next movie I'm talking about is The Bodyguard from 1992.
0: Oh, I remember there was some
1: controversy around The Bodyguard. Yeah. So, The Bodyguard is a movie starring singer Whitney Houston and Kevin Costner. And for those of you who've never seen this movie, it's not very good, but Whitney Hust- it Whitney looked Hust-
0: like it was supposed to be amazing. Right. And then when you saw it, you're like, oh, that wasn't very good. That wasn't good.
1: very good. But it's about Whitney Houston playing someone very Whitney Houston esque. I think it's the only movie she was ever in. She, she was an actress right. in the movie oh was she yeah I remember okay I don't, I don't remember
0: yeah didn't go ahead well, I don't know either way Whitney she was Houston. an actress I think either that one. was
1: the spin she was a famous actress not a famous song okay either way laden. she was in this movie we don't even remember it that's how bad this movie yeah. was but Whitney Houston was in this movie it's the only movie she ever starred in Kevin Costner was her bodyguard hence the title bodyguard and actually fun fact the song I Will Always always, Love always, always Love You if you've heard the Whitney Houston version because everyone's heard that right because yeah. you can't escape it right. came from this movie yeah. so it was a big deal What happened was the crew driver, named Bill Vitagiano was killed in an onset accident when he was crushed between two colliding scissor lifts during the preparation of underground parking garage scene. Death by scissoring. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's terrible. So the next one I remember vividly, and I'm sure you do too, and that's from The Crow, 1994. That's what I think is the one of the most famous ones of that all time. That is one of the yeah. most famous ones, the most modern famous ones. The son of late martial arts star Bruce Lee has died. 27-year-old Brandon Lee was killed during a movie set accident today. He was filming a scene for the movie The Crow when he was hit by a projectile fired from a gun loaded with blanks. So what happened on March 31st, mm-hmm. 1993, and the star of the movie, Brandon Lee, who was also Bruce Lee's kid, he was accidentally shot and killed on the North Carolina set with a 44 Magnum gun that had blanks in it. The reason he got killed by it was, there was a dummy round that had come dislodged when they were using the gun for other filming. And it got lodged into the barrel. When they used the blanks, the blast from the blank shot the dummy round out just like it was a normal bullet. It hit him in the stomach and then he like died. The scene that was being shot was he was in his apartment witnessing his wife or whatever getting attacked or, and one of the bad guys shot him. It's weird too because this movie has like nothing but gunfire through the whole right, scene. Yeah. So the one scene where it's like one gunshot is the one that actually yeah. was the one that it's injured so somebody and bizarre. killed them. It was crazy. It really was very bizarre. very What they ended up doing too is... And they got the blessing, I guess, of the Lee family to continue filming. And this is one of the earliest examples I could find of using CGI and digital effects to put an actor's face on a different person's body. Right, yeah. Because there was a couple of fight scenes that they ended up filming kind of far away and changing a few things so that they could still add his face. Right, because to, to they had already body.
0: filmed so much of it that they couldn't really go back and like recast it.
1: No, they couldn't. It was mostly yeah. done. There was a couple of scenes left, and that's all they had to fill. So they changed a few things, CGI'd his face on there, and, and that's how they did it. Let me go back and say that Lee getting shot was actually captured on film, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So there's different accounts of what happened to that footage. And it's not online. Yeah, I know. But supposedly it was either destroyed. Some people say that. Some others say that it was given to the Lee family. Nobody really knows what happens to it. But it <laughs> they was were like, we're thanks. so
0: sorry we killed your son. Here's the footage of it. Here's the footage and take we it wrapped home. wrapped
1: it. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big, big damn deal. Obviously, yeah, and also I don't know if you remember this too. At the same time, there was a movie that came out. It was a, a biopic about Bruce Lee called Dragon: The Bruce Lee Story. It came mm-hmm. out in like the year this happened, and it was a movie that played up this whole Bruce Lee curse. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the movie, and that you'd, you'd always hear that Bruce Lee was cursed. Some ancient curse was put on his family. And this movie had just come out, and it had talked about the curse. And the movie also kind of ends right around the time that Brandon Lee was born or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was Jason Scott Lee, no relation, that played Bruce Lee in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right when that movie came out, then Brandon Lee died mysteriously yeah. on the set. There's a lot of conspiracy theories yeah, about the of two of them. a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. So it just certainly tied into that legend about yeah. the Bruce Lee curse or whatever. So this was 93, 94. the next movie that I'm talking about was uh, Vampire in Brooklyn, 1995. Mm-hmm. it was a uh, Eddie Murphy vampire movie starred Angela Bassett also Oof, okay. and it was directed by Wes Craven not he wasn't doing so well right then yeah yeah it's a rough, uh, rough patch there but what happened was Angela Bassett's stunt double Sonny Davis fell to her death but a stunt went wrong the death led to a $50 million wrongful death lawsuit against Paramount Pictures, so there's some legal action on that one.
0: Yeah. Did they win, you know?
1: I think so, yeah. I yeah. think they got the lawsuit.
0: But it's like, you're also a stunt person, so it's like, Yeah. I guess they can sue you for like negligence if something goes wrong, then. Yeah. But it's also like, you're the person that's supposed to die, not Angela Bassett. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> it's fucked up. I mean, you're the one that's supposed to get hurt, but I mean, if the stunt goes right, you're not supposed to die, you know. Mm-hmm. Semantics. Semantics. You know, every stunt person should die is what I'm saying remind me never to work on any film set if you don't you're die as job. a stunt person then you didn't do your job right <laughs> hashtag die for your job alright so the next movie was from 2002 this was Triple X starring Vin, Vin Diesel Diesel yeah yeah and this one is where his stunt double Harry L O'Connell was killed during filming there was a scene where he's supposed to rappel down a parasailing line and land on a submarine but he hit it too hard or whatever and died the scene was kept in but of course they cut it right before the dude lands uh-huh. so they still kept a scene in and when they do that, I feel like that's exploitive. Like the one the guy hits the fence, he mm-hmm. died in this one where he almost just about died. Right. I feel like they just cop out and say, we dedicate this film to the person that died, right. but we showed his almost snuff footage right. because we don't, we're don't, we not going to refilm it yeah, anyway. we cut it the last we did it to yeah. dedicate it to you. And this, oh, come on now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Next movie is The Dark Knight, 2008. Oh, really? Yeah, cameraman Conway Whitliff was killed in 2007 on the set of The Dark Knight as he rode in a pickup truck that was driving parallel to a stunt car, and the pickup missed a 90 degree turn and just crashed into a tree and killed him. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's fucked up. So. If you notice, these are some pop popular-ass movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it just goes to show you we only really know, we only really hear about it when it's the main actor, you know? Yeah. When it's someone that's famous, not like a cameraman or a stuntman, you know?
1: Right, and there's really not a lot, I mean, obviously there's more stunt people or whatever because they're the ones supposed to be taking a hit, breaking arms, do whatever. So they're put in a lot more dangerous situation. Although... You've got these actors who like want to do their own stunts more mm-hmm. and more. You know, you've got Tom Cruise hanging off the side of a
0: yeah, but that's a huge insurance issue. Like is. I remember in a lot of these with like J- Jackie Chan, I think they were saying like he always does his own stunts, and as he's gotten older, they've been like, we don't, we can't insure you for doing your own right. stunts anymore. Like if something happens to you, you're worth
1: millions and millions of dollars. You yeah, know? we can't cover that. Right. And this whole $200 million production, or ever much, is gone. Right. All right, so the next movie I got here, Expendables 2 from 2012. Mm -hmm. What, everyone that watched it died? (laughs) Yeah, they died from, (laughs) this sucks. So, yeah, this is fucked up. So, while filming in Bulgaria, Stuntman was killed, and another was left in critical condition during a staged explosion on a rubber boat. Surviving Stuntman underwent a five-hour operation, which, you know, left him in stable condition. But, yeah, Stuntman on a rubber boat died. More Stuntman. This next movie though is pretty. I didn't know this. Go, uh, I didn't know half of these, but I mean, I definitely didn't know this was the case on this mm-hmm. movie. But uh, the Hobbit films, 2012 through 2014, the time that that whole film franchise. Is that Peter Jackson. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So PETA asked the New Zealand government to investigate allegations that 27 animals used for the film died due to poor living conditions. The claims also include like sheep falling into sinkholes, chickens being mauled by like unsupervised dogs a horse falling over a steep embankment and another one being left on the ground for three hours after being hobbled. It's fucked up. Sounds terrible. Peter Jackson denied it and said, you know, didn't happen, whatever, and he's defending himself. Peter says that instead of doing that, Jackson should have been giving firm assurance that this will never, ever happen again. And they said, well, he's a CGI master. Why couldn't he just CGI animals? Yeah, I feel like a, all, the
0: entire Hobbit, everything was CGI.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and some of it pretty poor CGI. Yeah. So why well, can't you CGI a fucking chicken or dogs or whatever the hell you can put on yeah. there? I mean, who cares? Um, again, he denied the allegations in a press conference uh, before the premiere of the first film, stating that absolutely none, no mistreatment, no abuse, and d- just totally denied the allegations. But since what it was in New Zealand, it was a New Zealand film, then Peter didn't. They couldn't go over there, right? I don't know if they had, like, anybody from AHA. I don't know. Right. Um, and I feel like they have No Animals Were Mistreated on this. Now, i got to look at the credits now. I didn't mm-hmm. get a chance before we started recording this to see if that's in the credits for the Hobbit movies, if it says No Animals Have Been Mistreated in this movie. Yeah. But, you, but they could, again, as I mentioned earlier... That he could put that in there and they would just be like please take that out because right. you didn't earn it and he'd be like fuck be y'all like, fuck you guys but he'd probably go to their website and see kill
0: chickens kill
1: chickens <laughs> chickens die and dogs or whatever mm-hmm. but you know you could go to the website and look it up and it'll give you one of those ratings that i talked about earlier mm-hmm. in this episode so there you go probably not a very good one yeah the next one, this is, and this is the last one I'm going to talk about because it's only a couple years ago, but this turned out to be a pretty big damn deal. So this movie is called Midnight Rider, the Greg Allman story, and that was filmed in 2014. It's unfinished, and I don't know if they plan to reshoot it. I think they're going to try to, but anyway. So on February 24th, 2014, 27-year-old second camera assistant Sarah Jones was killed, and several other crew members were injured when they attempted to shoot a scene on a railroad bridge mm-hmm. at a location uh, near Savannah, Georgia. All right, but let me back up. Midnight Rider was like a biopic or biopic as you mm-hmm. say it. No, it's biopic. Okay, so I <laughs> so I've heard. Of singer Greg Almond and it starred William Hurt. And so what happened was they were filming a dream sequence on this railway bridge. And there was like a bed on there, like it looked like a hospital bed. Sure, sure. And I guess it was just a dream sequence of the main character or whatever. And so during that scene, without warning or whatever, a freight train approached. The cast and crew were like, oh, shit. And they all kind of fled. Uh, but some of them were trying to get right. the bed and get the props off. But right. they couldn't get off the bridge in time. The train came and it pulled Jones under the bridge. It also like damaged one of the other set person's arm uh-huh. like really bad. Anyway, as it turned out, the railway company responsible for the tracks claimed that the production crew never had permission to That's film what there. I
0: remember that they were that they were doing it like it was all guerrilla style. Yeah.
1: The Occupational Safety and Health Administration OSHA, for those who don't know, is the main federal agency charged with enforcement of safety and health legislation. Issued citations of the film that they had denied permission to use the bridge. But they did it anyway. And, of course, the crew knew the train could come in any minute. It actually came by two times before they even started filming. So it was a pretty heavily used track. Right. But they set up the shot. They started doing it. And... Just like that, another train came, and they barely had, like, a minute. Um, and actually, I think they knew that. Like, somebody said, if a train comes, you only have 60 seconds to get to safety, and everybody's a little wary about it, but nobody said anything. Yeah. So, needless to say, a lot of shit went down with this as the follow-up investigation proved. One OSHA reports claimed that there was no safety meeting, no medic on site, no safety information on the call sheet. There was no, like, checklist at all for the shoot. Mm-hmm. Basically, just the fact that the location crew wasn't on location should tell you something. Yeah, it's fucked up. So the investigations by the National Transportation Safety Board and the Federal Railroad Administration found that the film's location manager refused to attend the shoot because he knew they didn't have permission to be there. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like He's could- like I'm not going to be I'm not, not going to be part of this. Yeah. You you know, I don't agree with it. I'm not going to fucking be there. But even though after all this happened within days of the tragedy, the filmmakers requested permits to continue filming, which that prompted William Hurt to pull out of the film and Greg Allman himself to make this appeal that and I quote Your desires as a filmmaker should not outweigh your obligations as a human being. I'm asking you to do the right thing and set aside your attempts to resume the production out of respect. So, I mean, that's a noble thing.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: especially if they... (laughs) That that wasn't an accident. No, no, that was negligence. They they disregarded all the rules and just went out there and did it. And now I'm a fan of guerrilla filmmaking, but that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? That's fucked up. They knew what they were doing. You know, and as of right now, the film is still on hold as far as I know. As I was researching this, it looked like they were trying to figure out a way to get it filming back up again. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's been two years. Uh, One thing to note, though, the director, Randy Miller, and a couple of others, were charged with involuntary manslaughter. He pled guilty, I think, to help plead the other people off. Sure. Some of the other people, the production uh, members. And he got two years in jail for this. Wow. So he should be getting out pretty soon, I guess, or whatever. But some good things came out of this, though. You know, as I mentioned, some of these things led to some change. One of the things was Joan's parents... Established the Sarah Jones Foundation, which in addition to advocating for set safety, will also award film scholarships and take on initiatives such as creating a safety report website for crews to report incidents. Hmm. And they can recommend a timeout mechanism where crew members can pause production to address safety concerns and for awarding a safety stamp for the credits of movies and shows that uphold the highest safety standards. So mm-hmm. kind of like a no animals were harmed in this movie. Sure. Like this like, meets safety, safety requirements. Yeah. right, right. right. At the Sundance Film Festival the following year, the Jones family unveiled a three-minute public service announcement featuring people from all over film industry. It had, like, director David Lynch and Jack Black were in it. Mm -hmm. You know, we are all Sarah Jones. But it showed, like, key grips and a bunch of other people, you know, set people, set designers. Everybody was in. Yeah, it's like a public appeal. It was a public uh, appeal, and it implored film crews to stop and care and make safety a priority. Yeah, yeah. I am Sarah. I am a DP. I am a key grip. I am a director.
0: I am a script supervisor.
1: I'm an actor. I am a producer.
0: We make films, television shows, and commercials in a variety of environments.
1: Recently, we lost one of our own. Sarah Jones.
0: Sarah Jones. It's time to take a stand. To make safety our new number one priority. If you see something, say something.
1: If you feel unsafe, speak up. Help us keep the memory of
0: Sarah Jones alive. By looking out for one another. By looking out for one another. To put things back into perspective for what's really important. The shot.
1: Or someone's life. So that's a good thing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And I was curious. You shouldn't
0: have to die because, you know, you're a dolly grip. You know, right, or and, just a set person, or right. somebody who's because Peter production. Jackson wants to get you know right. an epic. Get you in know, here, we got
1: to get this shot. Right, like you know. that shouldn't somebody shouldn't have to die because of that, you know? You know, but that reminds me, and before I close this thing out, so I remember hearing about the French Connection with William Friedkin. Mm-hmm. Friedkin, I'm surprised yeah. fuckers haven't died on his shit. Yeah, definitely, because he did some fucked up shit, and I remember this story that, he, and he tells it open he's an interesting fellow i'd like to meet him one day but he was talking about how when they were filming some of the scenes in the french connection if you remember every time they have like the best chase scenes ever they always mention one of the ones from french connection where popeye doyle who's gene hackman's character is basically racing a subway train to catch a bad guy and so he's going racing through traffic there's one part where you see it from the car's point of view where they had a stunt driver in a car and they actually just drove through traffic Mm -hmm. like just high speed they didn't have a permit They didn't have anything at all. They strapped the camera to the front of the car and just hauled ass down the fucking street in the middle of the day and film this point of view shit. And it's in the movie and it's fantastic shooting. Until, and then you realize he just said, fuck it. Right. I mean, this guy could have gotten a head on collision, could have killed people or anything.
0: Well, I mean, it's funny that you did a whole episode on people that died because of these, but you hear about them all the time. I mean, yeah. I can think of three right now. They said in Rosemary's baby, when Rosemary goes out into traffic, they didn't have a permit to do that. Oh, wow. So they just ran her in the middle of traffic. And that's why she looks so harried, you know, is because
1: they just said, go out run in They the and like running in traffic. That's fucked up. Um,
0: linda blair in the exorcist sequel the heretic right <laughs> yeah the scene where she's oh the the scene ledge. Where she's on the ledge was it her yeah was it was her yeah where she's on the ledge the stunt double didn't show up that day and so they actually put linda blair on the ledge of like a 50 st- you know 50
1: floor and building there's no railing the railing is like right. non-existent yeah she's like looking over a chasm into the fucking right. street that was actually linda blair yeah yeah i remember um, that scene
0: yeah and then the third one Terrible. was Yeah, horrible, horrible movie. And then the third one was Richard Roundtree, who played Shaft in the original Shaft movie. You know, which was super, super low budget. They were filming across the street. He was supposed to be crossing. You know, I think it was like in Times Square. You know, a busy street, and a car almost hits him and apparently he gives a look to the car that's kind of like fuck you I'm shaft or whatever and they were like that was him acting like that car came out of nowhere there were no permits to have him shooting you know across the street or whatever and they were like that's how good of an actor he was he gave him a look he wasn't scared at all he just like gave him a look or yeah, whatever
1: like, but don't hit me motherfucker
0: yeah but they were like he must have been terrified because they that car almost hit him wow. you know it looks like a stunt uh, like a like a scene, you know a stunt
1: scene but it wasn't well that's very similar to that whole midnight Cowboy scene, too. Yeah, you that? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dustin agree. Hoffman and John Voigt, they're walking across the street, and supposedly a cab that had gone through where they were blocking traffic just almost hit Dustin the, Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. And and he's like, I'm walking here. Yeah, I'm he's walking like, oh, here. I'm
0: walking here. It's like one that, of the classic that, parts, But it yeah. supposedly
1: is an improv line for actually almost getting hit. so, That's so weird. Yeah. I know, it's crazy stuff. So crazy shit always happens. And I feel like there's more luck than not that people don't get killed or hurt really yeah. bad.
0: I feel like every director's commentary that you see, they talk about this one scene that they were trying to get on the fly, you know, and right. something went wrong. But thank God nothing happened. You know? Yeah.
1: But when it does, you're in deep shit, as yeah. you've seen. So anyway, let's wrap this thing up because in the two years or so since the incident of Midnight Rider, things have supposedly gotten a lot better. For example, OSHA requires much more thorough reports of onset injuries and all accidents that result in hospital visits must be reported. In addition, the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees created an industry-wide safety hotline. And the International Cinematographers Guild launched a safety app for reporting unsafe set conditions anonymously. Mm-hmm. So you're able to, again, as I mentioned, something that, that the risk management people do, you can now have an app and a hotline to say, hey, this is sure. this set is unsafe, and then they'll, they'll investigate it. So certainly that means things have gotten better. Even though if you look at Midnight Rider, a lot of the same problems happened that happened on Twilight Zone. They knew it was unsafe conditions. 30 years earlier, they knew Twilight Zone was unsafe. There's a lot of violations they still had these violations on midnight rider and these unfortunately these things happen so right. you know and that's a shame but i mean Again, things are getting better, but still, if you look at it, accidents still happen, right? I mean, last year on the Star Wars set, episode seven, The Force Awakens or whatever, Harrison Ford, while filming a scene, the Millennium Falcon door broke his leg. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he couldn't film for several months. Mm -hmm. He was out of the filmmaking because he had to, he fucking broke his leg filming. So, I mean, even a big budget, $100 million movie with, you know, the money for all the safety in the world, accidents still happen. Mm -hmm oh one other side thing i just wanted to point out because i actually found this in my research they now have movie set film accident lawyers like ambulance chaser uh-huh. accident. have you been injured on a set it's, accident it totally call makes now
0: sense. it totally makes sense
1: it's just like any other ambulance right. chaser it's so yeah in california you can find a set lawyer Yeah. For your injury on set. Well,
0: no, that makes sense. And we were having a brief chat about it last night. But, you know, I work in advertising. And, you know, you think about it and being like, oh, they would never put you in any unsafe situations. And it's like, no, they do it all of the time. And that's one of the reasons why there's unions and why especially, you know, there's actors unions and there's SAG and there's everything like that. Because you get on these giant set movies there's a hierarchy. There are the people that are in charge that are the big wigs. And then there's girl who is a walk-on extra who's 17 years old, and this is her first time she's ever done anything. And so when, when the director of a movie is like, come on, sweetheart, do this thing, <laughs> you know, or whatever, you're just like, I feel like I have to do the thing, you know, there's, I'm the lowest level person on this set and this is the highest person they're telling me to do something. But it's like, no, that's not right. You know what I right. mean? Like they still have to follow rules and, and if they don't, then somebody, somebody has the potential to die. There's so many things that can go wrong in a movie set. You yeah. Know? And so it makes sense. Everybody's always bitching about unions. And I'm like, they're there for your, because they're other, there to protect p- otherwise you horrible and... people like me in advertising will be like, can't you just get her to walk on that tightrope <laughs> over top of, a, you know, those hungry alligators? Fine. It'll be fine. fine. It's She'll just work out fine. fine. Just shoot it real quick. We'll do it gorilla style. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, she probably shouldn't do that. You know, that's not, you're you're not really being fair to her, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no shit. I, I would just say it's unfortunate though that it seems like the only time any of these things change is when something tragic happens. That's like always It's always case, reality. Active. No one's like ever proactive in these things. It's like, okay, yeah, we're all going to jail and somebody died. I guess we need to change the rules now and fix these things. So. But well, that's all I got for this episode. I mean, what do you think? It was really good. Um, the one thing that I'll call out is that one of my
0: favorite podcasts. You must remember this. it's oh, yeah. Karina Longworth. She did an episode on kind of the conspiracy theory behind Bruce and Brandon Lee. Oh, that's um, cool. And kind of tied it all up together. It was. Uh, I can't remember. If it was two parts. I think it was. I she to, did a two-part series on it. I
1: had to check either that out. Either it was either one or two. She, it's a good podcast, anyway. They, she has some good stuff. Yeah, so. really, really interesting. So, but that was
0: one of the ones she does a lot of um, stuff that's kind of like 1920s, 30s. This is one of the more recent ones so that was a really really interesting episode that you should check out we'll put it on the website. Yeah. But no this
1: is a really good episode. right, well I'm glad you enjoyed it I learned something researching it and I think hopefully you learned something listening to it. Yeah. On that note before we go this is again the second to the last episode of the season and I'm going to pander and say if you haven't given us a review um, please do so. We said in the opening uh, episode in Toxic Waste that you know we don't really care if you say nice stuff although I kind of do but I don't really care. slate doesn't care but at least say something if you can we'd really appreciate it and that's okay the and reviews pandering ha-
0: no hold on the reviews <laughs> help get more people th- that would be interested in the show to see that it exists so yeah. that they can listen to it so you're actually doing something for people if you think they want to know more about people dying on set or jizz or, or, in jizz, your eye. or yeah. whatever yeah people yeah.
1: helping people learn about jizz yeah, so anyway good. if you don't All mind right. yep yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Slums of Film History. You can find us on the web at com, where you can view links to some of the movies we talk about today along with pictures, videos, and additional resources as well as Bad Movie Monday, our recommendation for the worst of the worst films every Monday night.
0: If you want to keep up with us, we're on Facebook and Twitter where we share out a lot of additional content. And as always, please fact check us and let us know if we left anything out. We're not professionals, just two friends that love gross movies.